This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to H Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 142. Uh, the show is available live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, you're home to many other great shows and series. We feature top guests, expert analysts and more. So please do give us a follow on social media. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications. And, of course, if you prefer your podcasts in audio format, just search Ace Podcast Nation at your favourite radio or podcast platform. And there's uh, well over 400 shows there to choose from on uh, all sorts of subjects. But uh, just as we give the latecomers uh, a couple of minutes just to to catch up and join us on those various platforms, um, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports, as ever, for all their support around the channel, around the show particularly. Um, Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media page and, of course, their website, the links to which are in the description below, as well as the closing credits at the end of the show. And uh, a, a very, very, very grateful mention to uh, Bespoke Financial, who are today's sponsors. And uh, Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will worth £140 with all new policies which are taken out. So please do check him out. Give him a call and uh, check out what's an amazing offer because uh, £140 is a lot of money on any day of the week, but particularly uh, coming off the back of COVID. And I'm sure Bespoke Financial will have a service for you. Uh, to help us all out. They've looked after Andy for many a year with various policies, including including the uh, the critical illness, the injury cover. They're truly top of their field. They provide award-winning service, and we are very proud to partner with such a brand, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Um, but with no further ado, let's get straight into it. 
I am delighted as ever to welcome my co-host. He is the goal collector, the fox in the box, still the king of the Millennium Stadium. He is ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, Davy Jones' favourite son, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Good evening. Yeah, I'm delighted to be back on. I'm really looking forward to the show. Uh, a little bit disappointed after what I just witnessed this afternoon with um, obviously Welsh team, new pod, new pod, new pod, can't we get beat in the playoffs. I was disgusted with a couple of decisions in that yeah, game, by the way. Yeah, to say about that. Um, after a, a long, tough season, very disappointed. Know a couple of players, Joe Ledley, ex-Cardiff, um, Kevin Allison, good friend of mine, so gutted for them. But I'm sure they'll come back strong next season, fingers crossed, and uh, and win the league and, and uh, shut a few people up. But yeah, gutted for them yeah. tonight. Yeah, 100%. Mate. We'll, uh, we'll have a little chat about that later, I think, because um, I've got some stuff to say, uh, but we'll talk about it later. But I am ecstatic to welcome back tonight's guest it's the first time ever we've invited someone back for a second time we like to keep it fresh and uh, only have the guests on once and then we you know keep keep that conveyor belt going as it were but i i'm delighted to introduce cardiff city chairman mr mehmet dalman back to the show welcome mehmet how are you thank you i'm well thank you Good to have you on, Mehmet. Like, like Sai just said there, like, really pleased that you're giving up your time. You know what I mean? It shows how special you are, Mehmet, that we brought you on back twice, that we've, uh, un- I'd say, yeah, unfinished okay. business. Unfinished business, I think. So much to talk about, isn't there? So, um, Mehmet, what I want to start on, really, is a, a generally just a nice and easy, a light-hearted subject, I guess. And that is, the season's finished, so what is it like for a football chairman now? How does your day-to-day life change once the season's finished? It's horrible. <laughs> um, it, it really is. Uh, there's just so much going on behind the scenes. Um, quite a lot of soul searching going on. The strategy, um, financials, obviously. Um, who's in, who's out. Um, what we're going to try to achieve next season. It's all part of the sort of debate that goes on uh, in, in the spirit. Um, and it's healthy and it's, it's exciting but um, not necessarily pleasant. Is that a collective thing then, Mehmet? Is, it, is, that, is that everybody on board? So board, board of directors, owner, manager, coaching staff, is that everybody in one room or a Zoom call, for example? Is that everybody jumping on together and, and, and discussing the whole thing from top to bottom? No, no not at all. Um, and I think that's really due to COVID more than anything else. You know, in the old days, you know, we could get the board and the relevant... Um, playing stuff together and, and sort of thrash it out. That's a little bit more difficult, uh, given the circumstances in which we operated. Um, but obviously, debate does continue to go. And sometimes it's a small group, sometimes it's on one-on-one, and sometimes it's four or five people. Yeah, it's an interesting um, thing. I always think, not just with Cardiff, but with any business or anything like that, when you've got a group of people making decisions it at some point there's going to be disagreements and things like that about the direction to take things and you know whatever it may be and obviously in, when in your previous um appearance we discussed about the the transfer committee and you had said about there'd been sort of differences in opinion with that sort of thing is that really difficult when you've got a group of people making decisions as opposed to say i know there's obviously there is one person at the top who will have the final say. But is that a, a challenge when you've got several people? Look, it's, it's, it's a difficult balance, right? Because what you don't want to do is to run a business or 
a club on a consensus basis. You know, that, that really is a hiding to nowhere. Um, what you need is strong views and ability of the people taking part in to dissect that view and, and to see if you can actually find some real energy out of it. And, you know, there are a lot of constraints this year, which we didn't have last year. Um, you know, people don't seem to realize that COVID financials have hit us hard. And I think if you were to talk to all the chairs in the, in the championship, they will tell you the same thing. You know, zero revenues are coming in and the cost base hasn't changed. So you've got to operate within those um, circumstances and it's not an easy one. Does that then, remember, does that, is that important then to get your um, get your business done early, so to speak? Obviously, the, we've signed a player already, um, a kind of city who signed, obviously, um, James Collins from Luton Town, well, ex-Luton Town. Um, and sometimes that puts a market down, does it not, to other clubs that, that Cardiff are doing their business early, they're signing a player and they're signing a, a big player who's done it in the Championship last couple of seasons. So how important is it for Mick to get his players that he wants across to you guys to sign for next season? Well, I'm surprised to hear that it's only one. I thought we I thought we signed three players so far, but there you go. What do I know? Um, so um, I, I, I guess so. I mean, Nick knows exactly what he wants. Um, it's his great manager to have. He's, he's very frank, very direct. There is no ambiguity in what he has to say. And that's, that's refreshing and that's good because, you know, we want to work with a manager who, who has clear vision. Um, and obviously he needs the foundation and he needs to know the environment and the circumstances in which we're making our decisions. And he's a very understanding manager. Uh, he loves working with young players. Um, he, he, he's, he's really a very experienced man and, and I'm glad to have him on board. Um, Mehmet, you mentioned there just about, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask this question, but you mentioned three players uh, being signed. Um, does that mean that there is uh negotiations ongoing with other players to try yeah. and bring players into the football club yes very much so um because obviously when you were on the show the last time you would i i forget andy will probably remember what the figure was but you you did say a figure of how much money the club was losing uh per three, month three, during, million, during, three million three million pound a month no there you go yeah during that was obviously in the first lockdown the main lockdown i suppose you'd call it that when we had you on before um how big of an impact is that going to have on the amount of money that the club has got to spend this summer? Massive. Um, you know, I'm a little bit um, surprised, you know, we talked about the three million pound deficit and you, know, you read some of the forums and they say, well, that can't be right. Well, trust me, it's right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's what we need to operate under. Um, and, you know, Full credit to the owner of the club. Um, he has financed this club out of his personal pocket because Cardiff is a personal asset; it's not a corporation that owns it. Um, and it is it is what it is. That you can't you can't change that. We will have a lower wage uh, bill this year because the number of players that have gone out of contract and have have left the club that will bring the wages down a little bit, not not considerably. That will help. But we have to go and invest. We need to bring in three, four players uh, this season, and we need to we need to find the money somewhere. Has Mick come to you guys, Mehmet, and uh, gone to the transfer committee and said uh, what players he wants in now, so he can um, he can yep. get them in as soon as possible? And has he has he given it? Is he given a, a, a list to you guys? Correct. Correct. As I said, he's a man who wants, and uh, yeah. he's very, very. Uh, 
easy to work with from that perspective. Yes, he has a shopping list and uh, we're, we're supporting him in that. And as I said, I'm surprised that you only mentioned one player. I, I thought we did more, but um, then again, what do I know? Mm. Does that mean Was that, that there's a couple which are close maybe to being done? I'm sorry? Does that mean that maybe there is a couple of others which are close to being finalised? Well, yeah. I mean, evidently, um, we're, we're really close, I would imagine, since they've not been announced, and I guess. But I, I signed them off uh, a couple of days ago, so I assume that they're in the process of getting done. Now, there we go. There we which go. Is, which is great news and so refreshing for all the Cardiff fans to hear. Remember, because, yes. you know I mean? We spoke last time about... Um, about obviously the three million pound deficit, we thought thought last time about um, about signing players and things. But I think all Cardiff City fans want is is progression, right? And the board wants progression, the manager wants progression, and and surely then that was that was the reason behind changing the manager up between Neil Harris and getting more experienced manager in because you said he's a um, he's a shrewd manager, he knows what he wants. Um, is that why then you went for experience over um, someone else who applied for the job when Mick when Mick was dis, Mick was decided to come in? Look, I think, I think I've been very clear on a number of occasions that in this league, you want a manager who knows what he's doing. He's done it before. And not many of them around. Um, I think it's all very well saying, well, let's get a younger thinker manager. But, but there's a risk, risk associated with that. Um, and, you know, our previous manager is, is, is proof. And a really great guy. Um, I mean, genuinely a great guy to work with. But this was a league maybe a little bit too stretch for him i don't know and you know previously we had a very experienced manager before neil um when neil warner came in i mean one thing is the man has experience more than anything else and and i think in this league you need that you need people who knows exactly what they want and how they want to set them out now you could say well that's a bit unfair because a young manager coming in he, he wants to shape the team and he wants to get the people in but that's a very expensive way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yes, there is a transition year when, when you're trying to change the style of football and the quality of the players. Um, and that's a, that's a luxury that you know we, we, we tried to do uh, last season, certainly for the first half of the season, and we came short. Um, I mean, we were not far from a relegation myself. Yeah, when Mick totally McCarthy agree. came in, sorry, and I was just going to say when Mick That's McCarthy right. came in, um, like I wasn't overly enthused. I can say, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I wasn't overly enthused by it. But you can't deny that he did a phenomenal job. Um, I think, like you say, we were closer to relegation battle than we were a, a, a promotion or a playoff battle um, when he came in. Do you feel like if that decision to change managers that maybe happened a little bit earlier that would have had a, an impact on the end of the season where we finished? Who knows, right? Um, cool. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a judgment call. Um, but I would have said, you know, just pure maths, right? You would have had a better chance of being in a playoff position if you had made that change earlier. Uh, but the season today, you know, that but Mick did a great job in stopping the rot and beginning to show what we can really do. Um, I think what he lost three games in, since he's been here, yeah, out of 21 22 games. Um, it's not a bad record, that's a superb record. So, remember, what's the what's then the strengths of a, of a character that you look for when you're bringing a manager in and, 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 the, and the board as well? Because what are Mick's strengths as a, as a person, what the supporters are looking for to come back to watch when they when they get back into the stadium? 
I think I, personally, I like a manager who knows what they want. You know, um, a manager who really knows what they want and they are focused on it and they're determined to get their way. Um, it's 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 the sort of manager you want. Uh, look, I'll tell you one story. We had a manager um, who, you know, I was I was in a discussion with him and he was talking about what we're going to do with a striker because our key striker at that time was injured. And I said, well, why don't you take this guy from this position and put him there? That, that would make sense to me. And he said, what a great idea. That for me just doesn't work. I mean, a manager should have turned around and said, oi, that's my job. You know, you're not going to tell me or suggest anything to me. So I like a manager who wants, he wants to play his way and he wants to the type of players that he wants. And, and you also want a manager who can win the respect of the dressing room from day one. Um, you know, if you lose that dressing room, it's very difficult. And, you know, we've got some great personalities, we've got some great players who needs to be incentivized, motivated. And, you know, that takes still an experience. No, I totally agree. You, you spoke earlier on about, um, about getting a younger coach in would be a more expensive way of doing it. Um, and I'll take some of the clubs in the Championship, for example, Derby County, Great and Wayne Rooney and, and Philip Koku. Look what's happened to that football club, and, and, and that's the risk that clubs are taking trying to do a long term vision. You know what I mean? So, for me, it, it, Cardiff City, have, um, they've had experience with Neil Warnock. Um, they changed their remit with a, with a younger manager under, under Neil Harris, and then straight away or sooner rather than later, they found out that experience works. And football managers, especially, sorry, we, we've spoken, haven't we, about, uh, about Lenny Lawrence, about uh, Malky McKay, all the Dave Jones, all the. Cardiff managers who have had success in their time have been experienced, they've been on the block a little bit and they've been there and wore the t-shirts. So, you know what I mean? The, the fans are used to having those experienced managers. And yes, in an ideal world, we all want a, a Pep Guardiola. We all want to play attractive football, scoring goals, winning games and um, and scoring goals and having a young manager. But it doesn't work always for every club and it's too much of a risk. And remember just said there, you know what I mean? A three million deficit a month would probably double over, over overnight with second managers left, right and centre. And clubs can't afford to do that. Um, remember, there's a couple of questions I, from the chat I just wanted to throw uh, to you, which are kind of on the subject that we've just been discussing with managers and transfers and stuff. Um, uh, Reese David Evans asked, uh, are the players which are coming in, are they players which Mick McCarthy has requested or are they players that the transfer committee as a whole have kind of come to agreement on? Look, um... <laughs> I mean, let's, let's go through this again. The transfer committee is not there to run the football team. The manager is there to run the football team. We're there to provide resources and the environment for the manager to do his job. It's as simple as that. There is no way that we are, as a so-called transfer committee, are going to start evaluating which player should be playing. Um, that's, that's not our job. That's not our remit. Um, and the manager always has a veto right in any player that uh, is put before him. We would, I would never bring in a player when the manager doesn't want him. I mean, that's, that's difficult. The more difficult question, of course, is when the manager inherits players that he doesn't want. Um, you know, there could be players that we spend a substantial amount of money getting on board and he says, look, there isn't much I can do with this player. I don't want to work with him. That's more challenging because that's an asset which this club has and we need to get the best out of that asset. Um, I think that's a much more difficult question. So on I that, totally, I totally agree. I'm sorry, I'm you, you want to keep him more. Well, keep keep yeah, played, under, played under Mick McCarthy before, and I, I saw when the keeper came back from his, from his 
hamstring injury, I think I believe it was. Um, which member said he was injured with when he took when he took over. When he came back, Mick knew exactly what to do with him. Mick knew exactly how to yes. handle him as a person, as a player, as an individual. And you could see the re- the rewards that he got on the pitch were just amazing. You know what I mean? The way that he plays, the way that he handled him, and that's the testament of the manager. Um, and shows that um, the, the the club has faith in him, and, and the fans should have faith in him as well. And um, yes, he's an experienced manager. Yes, he's he's been around the block, so to speak. But he's been successful, and you have got to judge him on results and results and percentage wins for me. And so far, so good. And for me, there's, yeah. there's, it's, it's a no-brainer. What 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 I've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, give credit to Neil Harris. It was Neil Harris's target to get Kiefer on board in the first place. Um, he tried to you know sign him um, before. Uh, before beforehand, and and Kiefer has done a fantastic job since he's been there. Um, now he's off to the Euros. You know, I hope he gets a couple of goals there. Um, he's 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 been a great champion for the club, and and the reason why we bought the lad from Luton is is to make sure that you know we don't rely 100% on him because he looked absolutely shattered towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so I think he will appreciate the help that uh, we will have on the on the bench. And also, Mehmet, the other th- uh, Reese has just added another comment because regarding the, tra- uh, the transfer committee, if you like, whatever. Um, he says uh, Neil Harris was quoted as saying that Max Waters uh, was a board signing, not one of his. Are you able to clarify sort of what was meant by that? Because that seems as if he's saying that you know the club has brought the player in rather than him wanting the player. I guess. As I said, we would never bring in a player that the manager didn't want. Yeah. And, you know, if he didn't want the player, then he should have said, no, I don't want this player. Okay. But it's just, you know, it's, it's straightforward. Of course, yeah. Um, and the other question I was going to just put to you very quickly, sorry, uh, and it was um, Gavin asked, um, what was the thinking behind giving Mick McCarthy a short contract initially? And then obviously he had a, a longer term one before the season was over. I just think it was very convenient for both sides. You know, um, Mick came back from Cyprus where it didn't go terribly well for him. He wanted to get back to football. He, he really was not fussed whether we gave him a short-term contract or a long-term contract. He really wasn't. He just wanted the opportunity to show what he can do. Um, and, you know, we stepped up to the plate and we said that we'll give you that opportunity and see how we all get on with each other. And we got on really well. So we didn't see any point not giving him a new contract, and he obviously didn't see a point in rejecting it. Um, so I think on both sides reached a happy agreement. We sort of had an engagement party before we got married, right? <laughs> good way, good way of looking at it. You've just spoken there about uh, about Keith Moore going to the Euros. Um, how important is it for those guys to do well for themselves, for the football club, to put the club on the? On the map, so to speak, on the on the biggest stage. Um, obviously, Keith is in the squad. Johnny Williams in the squad, and obviously, we've got a young player in the squad, which is fantastic news. In um, Ruben Col- Colwell, you know, which is absolutely fantastic. So, how how important is it for the club um, to have those guys representing Cardiff City in the Welsh national team in the Euros? I think it's very important. I mean, first of all, I think it's great that we got Welsh players within Cardiff. I think yeah. you know, there was a period in our history since I've been there where we didn't have any Welsh players. And I always thought that was a shame. Um, so it was, it was good to be bringing in Cardiff, Cardiff or Welsh players on board. 
and to go and to represent their country, it's we're very proud of them. You know, we're very proud as a club to see them in that role, and and I hope they do really well. Uh, I really do. Is it a danger, though, on top of that moment, that if um, Kiefer Moore, for example, wins the top goal scorer, that he's going to put himself in the shop window to get himself a, a move away from Cardiff? To be honest with you, I think he's already in the shop window. Um, I don't think he needs the Euros to be able to do that. Um, he, he, he already is there. And, of course, if he does get a couple more goals out there, which I think he probably will. Um, although, uh, I think Wales is playing Turkey, so I'm not so sure how I'm going to feel about that. <laughs> where I come from so um, no I think it'd be great if he could get a couple of goals it'd be brilliant Has there been any interest in him since uh, yeah. the season or during the season or since the season yeah Yes Yeah. Someone else asked earlier on in the chat I forget who it was so I apologise to them uh, if uh, James Collins had been brought in specifically for the you know if Kiefer Moore was to be sold is that uh, I know you mentioned that he was brought in to you know to to back up Kiefer Moore and give him a rest and things like that and contend with him, but is there also a bit of thinking that Kiefer Moore might leave, or is the aim of the club to keep him? Is not is not on our agenda. Good. I'm going as a Cardiff fan. I'm very happy to to, <laughs> to hear that. I think there's a lot of Cardiff fans now. We're extremely happy, jumping with joy that uh, that that uh, that's been that's been heard by the by the horses' mouth, so to speak. Um, yeah, which I think really it's important. Though, it's important. Remember, though, he's he's done really well. He's done exceptionally well. Listen, that if any player to score that many goals in the championship is amazing. You know that that there's probably only um, Adam Armstrong, Puki, um, Ivan Tony, who was probably higher than him in league goals, uh, which is a phenomenal thing because those two of those have been are in the in the Premier League now, um, which is an amazing achievement. And uh, and hopefully he can go one one step further and score more next season because. You know yourself, remember any any team who's going to be successful that has to have a twenty plus twenty five plus goal scorer in their side. No, no, and um, I mean he, he's done it and he's capable of doing it again. So uh, totally agree. We wish him well in, in the Euros. Yeah. Will Will the players get um, any extra rest who go in the Euros? Remember, is there is there a plan for those players? Because obviously you've just said there that the keeper was tired and he he did look tired. The way that he plays, he looks tired because he does so much running in it during the game. It's 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 scary. But will there be a a special plan for those three guys to get a little bit extra time off? No, they can get back to work. I, mean, of course. <laughs> I love that honesty. I love that. I, I, I just can't see Mick uh, McCarthy going soft no. on me. I just neither can see. I. And rightly so. Rightly so. It's just it's just it's just a few games, isn't it? Just a few games. Yeah. Um. There was a question I just saw, which I, there's so many comments and questions that come in so quick. I find it difficult to even keep up with them. There was a really just, good question. Just, just while we're on the Euro side, I did uh, I did yes. see a comment by somebody. Uh, uh, just and, and Mehmet just spoke there about about Wales playing Turkey. Uh, who will you be supporting during the Euros, Mehmet? Will you have um, will you be will you be half and half, or will you just stick to uh, stick to your country? Well, I mean, first of all, I, I I'm an England fan. Um, so obviously, I would be hoping that England does well. Um, be lovely to see Wales uh, do really well. Um, I'm really disappointed that uh, Wolves wasn't in the in the squad because I thought he had a great season. Um, so I think Wolves should have been there, but there you go. It's a strange, strange decision, I got to say. But you know, I guess you've got to have faith in the in the. The management team and etc. But it does seem strange. There's kind of 
players who are playing League One football who are perhaps who have been selected ahead of him, who haven't had as good a season as him. And it as in, from the outside again, it makes you wonder if the decision is based on something away from football. And I know a few people have asked throughout the chat if if you've got any sort of insight into why he was left out of the squad. It's, is there anything you could tell us about that? No, I can't tell you because I don't know. Um, but there is nothing off the field with blocks. No. It is good as gold. Um, you know, he trains well, he plays well. He's, he's a lovely lad to have uh, on board. So I, I was really quite surprised. But just going back to you know, about the Euros, I'll give you um, my tip. I think Turkey is a, is a dark horse. Um, they may just surprise uh, people this year. I know they beat Holland, didn't they? They beat Holland quite comfortably. Was it 4-1 or 4-2 um, a few months ago? Like Really, really comfortably scoring goals. Uh, they seem to create a lot of chances, score a lot of goals. I watched them one game and they're just... I totally agree. And, and you look at their past year roles when Greece won it and other, and other lesser nations have won it, so, so to speak. You know what I mean? I think there's a, a good opportunity, don't, especially now. Don't talk to me about Greece winning it because <laughs> every game they I actually took a bet against them. And obviously they got to the final against Portugal and I just said, well, I mean, it's Portugal, it's in Portugal, Ronaldo and the co, and um, they won it. Yeah. Mm. So it's your fault then, basically. So it's your fault they won yeah. it. Yeah. So anything can happen. I mean, it's 90 minutes. Yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree. And I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be an enthralling tournament and and with the potential restrictions being um, being loosened again, hopefully we can get more supporters into, into football games, which will, be a, which will create a bigger buzz. Um, I know Wales games are in a... Uh, are in Baku, uh, but obviously with a with a strong group, hopefully they can uh, they can move around and come closer to home, so we can get some uh, get some supporters watching them again. Fingers crossed. That would be nice. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be really good to get the tour. I'm really looking forward to getting the tournament up and running. Um, those players which Andy mentioned about you know who have been selected, um, was there a lot of excitement within the? The playing squad in terms of the, you know the Euros are coming. Obviously, it was put off last year. Um, it's I would argue the second biggest tournament in you know world football in terms of the eyes that will be watching this summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would I would say certainly, um, but it, it's difficult to judge. To be honest, um, it, we take one game at a time. Um, obviously, a few people have their eyes on the Euros. And, and they should, because that's that's their motivation and, and we want them to move towards that level. Um, you know, we'll support all our players when it comes to the national team. I think it's important saying it, you know, I mean, we spoke about the buzz that um, that I always expected Kiefer to be in. I think Johnny Williams was probably a 75% good chance because of the way he plays. I know he's had a lot of injuries this season, but um, I know... Uh, Previous managers have, 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 have loved having him in. Giggs has had him in the majority of the squads, and obviously Page has put him in it, which is great. And um, and obviously having a having a young player, I think so refreshing. I seen his interview, which he did, I'm sure about three weeks ago, and he said that he wants to get in the squad. He's been training a couple of weeks since the season's finished, and and he'd love an opportunity to play in the friendly, which is just remember it's so refreshing. Is 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 Ruben a a young quiet lad, but does he talking on the pitch? I seriously, I wouldn't know. Um... I, I haven't even met the lad. I, I got to be honest; uh, he'd be insincere of me to say anything. I don't know. Uh, that's a question Mick can answer better than me. Yeah. I love the honesty. Mick's obviously, Mick's obviously done a Mick's obviously done a great job with him, not to um, 
to progress him through to training with the first team squad to developing him into a uh, into a into a first team squad player playing making his debut in, in in the EFL going into Wales squad the setup and and playing with the likes of Aaron Ramsey Gareth Bale etc uh, James they've got he's got an opportunity now to to really progress his career quickly um, and give himself an opportunity to platform his career in the, in the championship next season with Cardiff City which is a, a phenomenal opportunity for a, for such a young boy it's, uh, it's it's a great chance for him. I mean, just look at what he's done with the young kids coming through now. Um, I mean, they've been a revelation, really, when you look at three or four players who have come into the side and they're making that role their, their own. Um, so it's good to see that. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Because we said uh, we said the same thing. Obviously, when when Harris came through, we were. I think I think all Cardiff fans. You said earlier on about. Um, about when you when you first came in, remember that, that there wasn't many or wasn't any Welsh players. Um, the fans relate to Welsh players because they 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 die for those kind of players because the players can relate to them. Players can and fans can 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 pretend that, that to, to be them when they when they're growing up. And it's it's great, you know. What I mean, I played with the Ernie's, the Gabs, um, the James Collinses, etc. And it's 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 it seems quite, seems quite similar now, which is a an unbelievable opportunity for those kind of young players to progress through the 18s to 21s into the full squad through Cardiff City, which is a, a great pathway. No, I mean, some of them, you know, when I watch them, they're sort of come across as if they've been doing it for years, yet this is their first season. Um, so I think Mick, Mick will work well with these kids, and I think he'll look to bring a lot more youth into the team. Um, well, that was my question. That was my question there, Mehmet. That, that is that is that then the the long term vision to get more players into the squad, the players who came in this year to be a a, a fixture, hopefully on the sub bench or in the first team squad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at our team at the moment, it's it's an aging squad. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not exactly teenagers anymore. So, idea is to bring in a lot more young blood in and feed them through this season and into the next season. Um, and that's going to be very much the uh, main strategy uh, going forward. Yeah. You spoke about an aging squad, so I think uh, I think it's just fitting that I, that I bring him up because um, obviously Sol's had a uh, a pretty tough time um, in his life off the pitch. Um, he's a hero on the pitch to us, to all us players, ex-players, uh, supporters. Um, how nice was it, and how refreshing was it to have him back on the pitch? Um, at the end of the season, and how heartbreaking was it for the players and the club to go through with him what he had to go through? Look, you, you're not going to meet nicer person than Sol. Yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a tremendous guy in in every sense. You know, every time I see him, he has a big smile in his face, and no matter what is going on in his life, he's optimistic. He is positive. Um, Massive, and the respect that he draws from the team and the club, I think, is second to none. Uh, and I think we all seen that. I can only wish him well in, in his recovery. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it was it was just so refreshing because I think obviously football came together again, which is which I think is great because it just shows um, it just shows that we are we are together as a as a football family when we need to be. Um, I think we for, we forgot that through or probably pre-COVID. Um, that I think it's so important that we are together. We're too, we came together through racism um, with football. We came together with Saul. We came together with um, with some other um, um, tragedies as well during during the COVID time with uh, with a couple of other players. So I think it was so important that um, that Saul knew everybody was fully behind him. No, no, for sure. And you know, the football community came together when the Super League was announced. You know, don't yeah. forget the big. Yeah. yeah, and that was good to see. 
Mehmet, you mentioned the Super League. I, I, I would be fascinated to hear the opinion of you know a championship chairman on the Super League and also like and you know everything really from the initial reaction to when you had a bit more time to kind of digest what it was going to be and and then obviously when it was all turned around and seemed seemingly all over again. But they couldn't pick the worst time to make an announcement, could they? It was bizarre. Seriously, um, I, you know, the question I ask is, who's the money behind this? You know, JP Morgan made an announcement that they're going to put 10 billion uh, to underwrite this league. Who's 10 billion behind JP Morgan? It's, I can tell you one thing, it's not JP Morgan's balance sheet. So who's it? And that's the key question that I don't see anybody asking. I don't see anybody uh, writing about it. But I think that's a fundamental question. Now, on a different note, football is in trouble financially. The model just doesn't work. And something's got to give somewhere along the line. The richer clubs are getting richer. And even the rich clubs are struggling to, to a very large degree. Amount of money being spent by the top clubs. Now, the championship, I think, is in dire straits. Um, you know, it's been a whole season with zero revenues coming in. And the wages bill hasn't got any lower. You know, the players are not taking 30-40% pay cuts. Uh, I'm not suggesting they should, but I'm just simply pointing out the facts. So I think something's going to give, and the Super League idea is not going to go away. It's going to come back. It will be different form. It will be in different disguise. But one hopes that they think it through a bit more carefully and not forget the importance of football to the communities that follow them. You said there, Mehmet, about the football model not working. What needs to, what needs to be fixed in order for it to work? What needs to be brought forward? Because you said there about the championship wages not getting any smaller. Clubs are going to have to work on smaller squads. And with the amount of games, Saturday, Tuesday, Cup games, because they're not going to reduce the games, they're not going to reduce the Cups. So what needs to change? Because a club of the size of anybody in the, champ in the championship, Cardiff City, they can't afford to keep playing the same team for 46 league games for another 12 Cup games, for example. So... You know what I mean? And, and clubs get criticised for sending weaker sides out in the Cups against against sides, which is unfair because if you've got a remit of getting promoted, getting in the playoffs, you've got to then tweak things somewhere down the line. So what needs to be fixed in order for um, for it to become more equal and fair for everybody else? Well, well, let's start with the, with the key point here, which is financials. Yeah. So why is the distribution of money not more equal? Now, today you can argue, and I think you'd be right to argue, the Premier League is probably the best league in the world. Yeah. They get, what, 1.6 billion uh, television money a year. How much of that television money goes to the championship? Insignificant amount. Now, think about it. If they were to redistribute some of that money, let's say 20% of that money goes to be distributed equally to the rest of the championship and League 1 and League 2. Most clubs would not be struggling. And the Premier League is the best in the, league in the world at the moment because you have this promotion and relegation. You know, the championship plays a key role in making the Premier League a success. Mm -hmm. Yet, we don't see any financial benefit whatsoever. And the board of EFL, you know, they're, they're toothless tigers, really. I, I, I don't think they're fighting our course dreadfully well. So, 
that's a good starting point. Is is you know I'm not asking for handouts from the government. You know, we, Cardiff says it doesn't go looking for money from the government. I think the government has enough in their hands with dealing with the economy given the COVID crisis. So we're not asking for that. But what we are saying is respect the fact that we play a key role in this league towards the success of the Premier League, and for goodness sake, you know, do something about it. And the answer is they don't want to do anything about it because, thank you very much, we're fine. I don't, listen, I, I, could, I couldn't have put it any better myself, Sir, si. We spoke we spoke at length about um, the Premier League, the, the Championship feeding into the Premier League, the League One's feeding into the Championship, League Two's feeding into the League One, and all four leagues have got to be aligned together. And they weren't aligned together, Mehmet, because League Two didn't finish, League One didn't finish, we've gone on points per game. The Championship had to finish in order... For it to be fair, because those sides had to go into the champ into the Premier League, the whole thing doesn't doesn't never add it never added up for me. It didn't. It was never aligned. I don't know whose decision it was. The EF, if it was if it was the EFL's final decision or the Premier League had a had a decision um, in that. It just it didn't make sense. You know what I mean? I, I look at um, the, the financial fair play rules and there's the, allegedly there's there's, there's there's clubs breaking breaking rules, getting points deducted, um, not having points back. deducted till next season. They get points back. How does how does a football club look at clubs who are getting points back in order to, you know what I mean, it, it, then wasn't it encourage other people to break those kind of rules if, if, if they're not getting punished severely? Of course. You know, um, and it, it just the whole thing is so unequal in, in every respect. You know, I'm not here to criticise other clubs or not. Yeah, neither am I, no. But there are clubs there, they know exactly what they're doing and they know that they're breaking the rules. And quite frankly, they're getting away with it. I totally agree, and um, I know we spoke a little bit off air about clubs and about uh, a little bit about this subject. But we've got we've got football fans all around the world, all around the country. Who, if we're not careful, that their club's going to go out of business. You know, we've already lost a stock. Uh, we already lost a Berry. We already lost a Macclesfield Town. If we're not careful, we're going to lose a, a so-called big name clubs very soon. And it might be someone's. It's going to be someone's. Someone's football club. It's going to be heartbreaking because uh, ninety-two football league clubs. It won't be. Soon it'll be eighty-five. It'll be eighty. It'll be seventy-five. It's going to be embarrassing soon. Andy, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. And what you're having, you know, at the moment is 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 the dichotomy of club ownerships. You know, you look at the certainly the Premier League and some of the Championship clubs. The U.S. style private equity firms are coming in. And they are going to show us how actually to make these things profitable. Yeah. Um, the valuation of these clubs is going is, is through the sky. Um, you know, three, four billion for a top club is not unusual now in terms of discussions. Um, yet, on the other hand, you have individuals owning football clubs who are wealthy individuals and, and they invest in these um, clubs. And this COVID thing has shaken them up. Um, they don't have the free cash flow that they used to be able to have, and that's going to cause a problem. I totally agree. So, but then you can probably go back further. Remember that, that we, I think it's called, or it might, might, might still be called. You might be uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, the fit and proper person test. So it obviously allows people to check if they should allow to uh, to buy into a football club. Well, do these checks? Is this a real thing? Do these checks really go on with with, with clubs with with individuals to allow the right person to to buy football clubs? Do you think? Don't start me on this because I'm going to get into trouble by bad mouth. I never name. I, I, I never name individual. Never name clubs. I just think um, we've got 
we, we, we've got we, we had a guest on the show, uh, Nicky Southall, who's assistant manager at uh, Dover Athletic. Dover couldn't finish the season, um, which is heartbreaking for, for him as a coach, assistant manager for the team, for the players. Um, and, and then you've got play, you've got teams in, a, in, in in the same league. Yes, it's a national league, but it's still the still full time footballers, professional footballers, clubs breaking rules and. It's just so unfair, and it just seems as though that, that the clubs are getting punished quite severely, but not at the same level. And it's just it doesn't seem right with me. It doesn't sit doesn't sit right. No, well, you know, let's let's just talk about uh, incident that happened to Cardiff because I don't want to talk about any other clubs. Um, I can't remember the guy's name now. Eric, somebody from um, Spain, made a statement saying that he he was looking to buy Cardiff, but he chose to go and buy another club instead. But that's just rubbish. I mean, it's just not true. Yes, he made a phone call to us and said, can, can we talk to you? And we said, well, you start off with showing me proof of funds that you actually got the money and sign an NDA and I'll talk to you. But before then, I, I'm not talking to you. And next thing I read is, oh, I was going to buy a car if I've gone to buy another club, which oddly enough, he never completed. <laughs> so, you know, it, it happens. I mean, it, it happens in every business. You know, football's not unique from that perspective. Uh, but these are the sort of nonsense you have to deal with. And for the life of me, I don't understand why people try to buy football clubs when they don't have the money. I just don't understand why they go through the work. And when it comes to the money, they don't have it. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. There was a, so obviously the, the, the most, not the most famous one, but do you remember, I'm going back back in the day when, uh, when is it, was it Michael Knighton trying to buy Man United? He was on the pitch, yeah. he was doing all that, he was doing kick-ups and all sorts of old traffic. Oh, yeah. and then he, it's just it's been happening for so long, and it's still happening now because people people get the name in the paper. People people well, then can then go and potentially look at another club because because I try to I try to buy Cardiff City, which I haven't, but then I can yeah. go on a Leicester club and I look I look like you know, I have, I have billions of pounds in my pocket. The funny thing about Knighton was that uh, when he came out and he went he went onto the pitch and he did his little ball jiggling, his broker was actually a firm that I just started working in. Hmm. And, and, and I was, and I was the broker that was supposed to be uh, financing him. I was, I was too junior and too young at the time. And we all looked it around, and we said, "Look, he's got money in the account." <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery to me. It really is. Um, you know, a lot of people say to me, uh, "Is is Cardiff up for sale?" You know, it's a question I'm sure you're going to ask me sooner or later. Um, and the answer is, look, you know. If somebody comes there who's credible and wants to have a serious discussion, of course we'll talk to them. It's, it's what every business does. But you'll be surprised how many people try to talk to us and they haven't got any money nor any clue of what they want to do. And it is so time-consuming and waste of everybody's time. Uh, it, it's, they, you know, they should be penalized. My, my new thing is when people come to me and say, well, Put half a million quid into an escrow account first, so and if you don't complete, I keep the money. See how serious they are. Funny that they all disappear. The thing is, to put it into perspective, and and Mehmet, uh, I saw like Conor McGregor has been quite vocal in the last couple of weeks. He's saying he wants to buy Manchester United. Like that, just the the whole uh, from the outside, the whole finance doesn't work with that. Like Man United on its own, I think is. The Glazers have said something like they would take three or four billion or whatever it is. Like Conor McGregor doesn't have that money, so and it's just like you say, just a way 
get uh, get his ear. He's very good at that, by the way. Get his name in the paper and getting people talking. There are many ways you can get your name in a newspaper. You don't have to go through this. No, of course, of course. Um, seeing as we're kind of talking about football finance, um, we've had this question about twenty times in the chat in the comments. I've also got about twenty-five unread texts on my phone asking this question. Um, Gareth Bale uh, has been the talk has been non-stop that uh, he's going to do some sort of Bellamy-esque deal and come to Cardiff City. Um, is there any chance? Can can we put that to bed one way or the one way or another? I guess. Well, I wish you told me. <laughs> there you go. I mean, look, just <laughs> just fantasy. Um, it's it's news to me. Um, no idea what you're talking about. There we go then. Puts that to bed, did it? And I mean, and let's be honest, uh, Gareth Bale, if the you know the papers and everything are being believed, he's on about half a million quid a week with his you know with everything. Cardiff City, even if they work out some sort of special deal, I'm assuming haven't got that amount of money to spend per week on one player, no matter how good he might be for the football club. Can you imagine I making a phone call to Vincent now and saying, <laughs> Vincent, we did 500 a week. I think I I gotta say I don't think people would have kind of bought into it as much if it wasn't for the fact that Bellamy came to Cardiff at the time he did, because when Bellamy came to Cardiff, it was very similar. Everyone said, Oh, there's no way he'll come, you know, he's uh, he earns too much money, he's still you know relatively in the peak of his career. And somehow, some way, you know, he came for a loan and then he came down and obviously we got promoted. Um, I think that almost plays into it a little bit from a fan's point of view. You you dream, don't you, I suppose? But, you know, um, Bell- Bellamy wanted to be a Cardiff, right? You know, this this was one of the things that he needed to tick in his CV. That he did. And, you know, great servant when he was there, great servant after he stopped playing there. Um, but I think that's just a special case and a very different case. Yeah. Do you think, um, just on Craig, Be- on Craig Bellamy, do you think there's a chance that he will ever be Cardiff City manager? I don't mean in the short term, I just mean generally. I have absolutely no idea. Okay. Just because just it came up, I, I fancied asking it. But um, yeah, there we go, Gareth Bale, not coming to Cardiff City. Um Earlier on in the show, Si, obviously Mehmet made a lot of people happy with him that uh, the keeper wasn't for sale. He's upset a lot of people. There's a lot of people... I know, Gareth Bale's not coming on. <laughs> everyone's everything is for sale apart from family, right? It's, yeah. it's a real price. Um, Absolutely. If somebody wants to come and talk silly numbers, um, we'll have a silly discussion. But I'm telling you, it's not on our agenda. It didn't come <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I can't be more clear than that. Of course, um, but, that's, but that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though, Simon. You know what I mean? If 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 Craig Bellamy had an aspiration to come and sign for Cardiff City, he's in charge of, of of his own destiny, so he can decide he wants to go anywhere he wants. But he knows he could he could have priced himself out of a move to Cardiff. If Gareth yeah. Bale's got a desire to come and play for Cardiff City, he'll play for Cardiff City. But he he plays for Cardiff City on the terms that he gets offered. He can't he can't dictate what he wants to do. You know what I mean? If he wants to go and earn money. He'll go to probably the US, he'll go to China. Um, but if he wants to go and have the desire to play for Cardiff City, he'll go and play for, play for Cardiff City in the Championship. He's, you've, got to be, you've got to be realistic, you know what I mean? And, and, and finance 
let's be honest, he doesn't need the money. And it's not a finance decision. If it's a football decision and a family decision and he wants to come back home, uh, he wants to come and live in Cardiff. Yeah. I'm sure he, I'm sure oh, he yeah, won't absolutely. do it. But, well, listen, yeah. 5,000 quid a week, he's very welcome to come. There we go. <laughs> there's there the offer. Go. There's the offer. There's the offer right now on the on the, on the Andy Campbell football show. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's a first, by the way. It's the first contract offer we've ever had on the show. There we go. <laughs> Send it to him quick. No, I think um, you know it's one of those. Um, I want to just throw to a couple of questions in the chat uh, because there's been so many. There's I'm obviously not going to be able to get through all of them, uh, but. Uh, someone just asked, I've forgotten who it was because he's gone already. Uh, someone asked about is the club planning to pay tribute to Peter Whittenham uh, in any way? I mean, look, we're talking about a true legend, right, of the club. Um, you can never repay Peter for the service he gave. And what a lovely guy. You know, even if he, when he stopped playing for us, you know, he kept in touch with us. Um, I always enjoy having him as a guest in the. Uh, in the chairman suite. Um, so I think we owe him something, that's for sure. Um, and I know Winston feels the same. Um, you know, Winston's very loyal. Uh, people should, should just remember that. And yes, of course, you know, our heart really goes out to his family. I mean, what tragedy at that age, um, I, I just can't comprehend that. It's, I, I still to this day can't believe the news development came out. So. Indeed. Um, and another question we had uh, was, um, how did you feel Harry Wilson's loan went this season at Cardiff City? And is there any plans to bring him back in some form? I, I thought, uh, I mean, I, I should be careful how I say this, what do I know, right? But I thought he was the best player on the pitch, uh, especially on his day. Um, and... I don't know. I, I, I think it was a quality player, and we would have him back any time we had the opportunity to be able to do so. But it's out of our hands. It's it's Liverpool's call. Liverpool knows our interest, um, and they said, you know, they will let us know if something is is changing there. But he'd be more than welcome uh, at this at this club. As by the way, the uh, OJ would be as well. Um, you know, both Liverpool lads were great addition to the uh, team at the time and we would have them at a heartbeat um, if we had the opportunity to do so but it's not our call that's Liverpool's which is refreshing as well Sai because we obviously we do the championship show we spoke about um, obviously Harry's performances under uh, Neil Harris Harry's performances under changed under Mick McCarthy yeah changed his, his position changed um, his confidence level changed you look at him towards the end of the season he's playing in the pocket and playing in the holes where we can do some damage um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a player, though, to hear the comments that members just said, um, that would be so refreshing, you know what I mean? Because he's probably at Liverpool wondering about his future. Does his future lie away from Liverpool? Does it, does it, does it lay at Liverpool? Is he going to have to leave transfer fee-wise? Is he going to leave on loan? And to hear somebody speak openly about the doors open, I think so refreshing because it looked like he enjoyed his time, Emmett. I, I can only say from what I, what, what I saw from his performance on the pitch, he looked like he really enjoyed it. He was playing on the pitch. He was he would run through run through a brick wall as his as his hat trick suggested to at Coventry City, uh, which was a great performance. Uh, and I just I hope they can get him back. I hope Liverpool make the make the right decision for the footballer and the player, and don't hold football clubs to ransom in terms of like they did for Bristol to go to Sheffield United for seventeen million quid because those kind of transfer fees are just not achievable, yeah. realistic at the minute. No, as I said, our door is wide open. 
it's uh, it's yeah, really interesting. Really, it's great yeah. to hear. It's just refreshing to hear the you know the honesty. It's just it's phenomenal. Um, so another question. Um, James Costley, bless him. I said to him, just keep sending the question if I don't see it because there's lots of it, and he sent it about five hundred times. He sends it every couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> he says what he's, he's first started sending it. I think about half seven, and he's just gradually keeps sending it. He said, um, what are the board's expectations for next season? Uh, um, but let's see how the transfer window goes. Um, you know, if you look at us at the moment, we're not that far off to putting a team together that is capable of really having a go at this league. Um, and I still think if we had an experienced manager from the start of the season, I think we would have been in the playoffs for sure. I, I really feel that. I mean, one can never tell, right? Because at the end of the day, we, we don't have a crystal ball. But I, I really do think this bunch of lads are perfectly capable um, of, of achieving great things. It's all going to depend what we do in this in this transfer window, and it's going to be difficult because we obviously got a budget constraint. Um, but you know, I think last year when we bought in Harry Wilson. OJ, I think I said I'd be really disappointed if we were not in the top six by January. Remember that? Yeah. And, and I got a lot of flack that it's, it took a bit more than January to make the changes that we did make. Um, I still think, you know, with mixed leadership and the blood that we're bringing in now, um, I would be disappointed if we don't attack that top six. I don't see us winning it, i got to be honest. I think we're just not quite there, and I don't think we're making the investment to be able to be in the top two. Um, but obviously, our aspiration is, is top six uh, for, for next season. Anyway, that's mine personally. I can't speak for the board or, or the owner. That's my personal opinion. And you might say, remember, stopping out of his bottom, but there you go. Yeah. Um, there was one other question. Sorry, and I just want to put to you from the chat. Um, Again, it was he sent it. It was recent, um, and it's something which I've mentioned over the years numerous times myself. So I am interested to hear the uh, what you say. Um, it basically, he says, "Is there any chance that the Canton stand and the family stand could be uh, switched so that the more vocal fans are closer to the away fans to improve the atmosphere in the stadium?" Good God, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> It's it's not it's not where I get involved. Of course, um, but I'm very happy on his behalf to put the question to the whole board. Absolutely, yeah, it'll be interesting because I think um, I think it makes a big difference. And of course, it's something which is is part of football. Is the sort of back and forth of chanting between away fans and home fans, and it creates the atmosphere which we all you know we all love from watching football over the years. Um, well, and I think there's one thing sometimes with the the way the stadium's laid out can be, I wouldn't say problematic, but it just, it does uh, sometimes look, make I mean, it. I mean, first of all, I miss the crowd. I really do. Yeah. Um, I've been to a couple of games uh, this season, not that many, and it's not the same. It just isn't the same. Um, I, I, I love those fans. Um, and I love, I love uh, when we play at home to be able to go and talk to them and, and just try to soak up the atmosphere that they create. And it doesn't matter where they are on the pitch, as long as they're on, they're there in the stadium, I think that's that's a good start. 
Um, and this has been a dismal year for football, a dismal time for the fans. And, and I feel for them. And we want them back as quickly as possible. And to be honest, I don't mind where they sit. I don't mind. As long as they're there, they're shouting and supporting the team. I'm a happy man. I think it's key though, Sai, isn't it? We spoke about um, the importance of supporters, haven't we? We spoke about players who played with no fear. Um, I see a lot of teams in the championships who rely on supporters being there. You know what I mean? I'll use Mick McCarthy as one of those. I'll use Neil Warnock as one of those as well, who, who, um, who, who thrive off people giving him stick, who thrive off the crowd being there, who just who just revel in it, players revel in it, centre-forward scoring goals. You know what I mean, Kiefer scored 20-plus goals this season. No, he's had, he's had zero people to celebrate with. Yeah, that's just heartbreaking yeah. for a centre forward and for a footballer. You know, you've got young Harris scored his first goals for Cardiff City. No supporters there. You've got young players making the debuts. The family's not been there. The, the fans not been there. It's been must be heartbreaking. But next season, hopefully, they can come back fitter, stronger, with more with with with, with, with sellouts left, right, and centre, and we can we can go again. Well, Andy, it's it's simple for for us too. You know, we made, I think we make better football decisions when we're at a game and the fans are cheering us on. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, it makes us make those investments that we want to make because we can see how much it means to the people who pay good yeah. money to be there week after yeah. week. It makes a difference to us. Yeah. I think it does, and, and, and I, I, I think that's for every single Cardiff City fan who's, who's, who's watching this, who's listening to this. I think it'll be... So refreshed to hear what you've, what you're saying, and the things that you, the comments you, you just been made. Because Cardiff City's always been a family club. It's been a family club since the day that I walked through the door, and still to this day, what 18, 19 years later since I left, um, it's never changed. And it's, it's had three different owners since the day that I left, um, and it still comes together as one. And the fans are so important to that football club. You know, I mean, every time I've gone back, the place thrive off it. You know, I mean, the atmosphere. It doesn't matter if it's in the old old Indian Park or the new Cardiff City Stadium. The atmosphere is electric. When people are on the in their bums on seats and it's in its full house, there's no better place to play. You know, I mean, the the, the players have thrived on it. They've got promoted there. They've had important cup games. They've, 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 they've uh, same as in Indian Park and. And long may it continue, you know, but that we just need people back. And you know, and I know every single football fan could say this. Every single owner, chairman, ex-player could say the same thing about their football club. But there's something about Cardiff City fans, which you know, what I mean, it's just so special. Uh, I mean, I, again, I'm in danger of agreeing on every point you make. Um, I, you know, you look at my CV, I hold a number of chairmanships uh, across different industries. This is one chairmanship that I really value. Um, you know, I genuinely value because I've been there not seven years now, and it just feels like home. Um, I mean, it's the only chairmanship I have, by the way, that I don't get paid. So, so you know, I, I take zero salary for this job, um, and I love it, and, and I genuinely do. And every season, you know, I think maybe it's time for me to step down because I've been there quite a long time. Maybe they need a new, fresh uh, pair of eyes there. And, and I always say, I'll miss it, you know, I, I, I want to be here. Um, so, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Um, Sorry, Mehmet, did you say, I just want to make sure I didn't miss you, did you say you don't take a wage from Cardiff? So, sorry, say that? Did you say you don't take a wage from Cardiff? I never have. Yeah, no, I just wanted to check I hadn't missed you or something as well. No, you know, it, it's funny, I was reading one of the forums saying, you know, it's okay for Mehmet that, you know, he takes his salary and his package and goes home. I don't. Um, you know, that's not what I do. Uh, I have uh, I have zero salary. 
Um, and that's that's just a pressure, the privilege of being there is is, is more than enough. And and I'm, I'm with Andy, I, I fully enjoy that atmosphere. And people just, you know, come to shake hand and say hello and asking how we're doing and wishing us well. It just means so much. In other jobs that I have as chair, you just don't get that. How frustrating is it then, Mehmet, that you just said there, you know, how frustrating is it then to read the forums, to read people's comments and and to know the truth, but not be able to get your point across that, that you're doing it because you love doing it. And not, not that you want to be unkind about the way you say it, but you know what I mean? The platform like this, you can, you can, you can be asked a question directly and you can answer the question the way that you want to answer it. You can answer a question in a newspaper. It can be twisted um, to the way that they want to sell a story, which is fine because that's, that, that, that's the interview. Yeah. But with a, with a live interview like this, you can't, you can't, you can't turn it around any, any, any different way the answer the answer and the questions the question so it's you know i mean sometimes you you just want to get your point out surely that it's, how you want very, it it's very frustrating when you mm. read nonsense i mean genuine nonsense and you can't react to it there's no form that you can actually go back and read your mind and you, you get used to it after a while and you um you leave it uh, you leave it alone and, and get on with it but it is very disappointing and very very frustrating but just going back to your um, view, Andy, on the, you know, what a great set of fans. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, there was a rumor I was about to go and buy Charlton. And, um, you know, I was, I was at Heathrow Airport and uh, I was dashing off to some place or another, getting an airplane. And this lovely couple uh, in their sort of 50s, they stopped me and said, I hope this isn't true. Um, and I said, trust me, it's not true. You know, it, this is, you know, I came with Vincent, I'll go with Vincent. I'm not going without him anywhere else. Um, you know, we had a number of people who have shown interest in buying Cardiff. And they said to me, you know, would you stay on as chairman if you were to buy the club? And I said, no. I mean, I, I want to make it clear. I came with Vincent, I'll go with Vincent. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't operate in any other way. Um, so it's able. It's, it's good to be able to put this point across in this in the show. Yeah, talk, no, listen. I, I can't. I, I, I can't believe the the honesty is amazing. I, I really, I really appreciate that 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 these kind of comments, um, well, the truths come out. You know what I mean? Because, and I think it's important for every every single kind of city to understand. Remember that how the clubs run. Um, from Vincent down to yourself, how the, the management team, how the recruitment, how the transfer committee, how the players contracts. I think. Every single card of city, you know what I mean? Because you've got other clubs who do things differently. Obviously, they can do like an open forum where they come and ask questions to the manager and, and, and maybe the chairman and things. Obviously, pre-COVID, I'm talking. Um, but sometimes it's normally after a bit of diversity, after a bit of uh, a relegation or something, and, and, and the questions normally turn into a bit of a, a heated argument between fans and, and, uh, and the staff. And I know it's happened to Sunderland a couple of times, but I think it's, it's so important to get your point across, Si, isn't it? We spoke yeah. so many times about... Um, about the importance of the fans and the club coming together. And for me, this show and, and, and the answers that members given us and the comments that he's given us, um, for me, is going to bring the fans together and they're going to they're going to support the team because they know that you're fully behind the, the, the city, you're fully behind the players, you're fully behind the manager, you're fully behind the, 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 the supporters themselves. And for me, the club's in great hands. The club's in, in, the, in, in, the, in the perfect hands. It's just a shame that... The parachute payments from the Premier League clubs coming down, the West Broms, the Sheffield United, the the the, the finances from other teams. It's just it's 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 just bad timing on one concert on, on on one hand, but perfect hands on the other. 
look, football clubs belong to the fans. Make no mistake about this. We're simply the guardians of it until the next one comes along. And we like to think that we'll do the best that we can while we're there on behalf of the community that supports that club. It's not our club. You know, we might own the freehold properties and so on, or Vincent might do, um, but we're fully conscious of the fact that we're simply guardians there. And Vincent has always said, you know, I will leave this club in better shape than when I bought it. You know, recently I was reading in another forum where they said, you know, what a great job Sam Haman did for Cardiff City. I am sorry, but that's just not true. Today, this club is very well run. It's, 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 got, it's got everything it needs to be a great club. I wish we had more money to invest in the club. We don't, I'll be very honest about that. Um, especially with COVID, we are going to struggle. Uh, but we will do the best that we can to make this club a good club and a great one. And if we can lay the foundation for the next decade, then I think we've done something positive. And that's really what our aspirations. It'd be nice to win something while we're there, but I'm sorry to say, I think we're a long way from that. But it's the truth, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because obviously Mehmet's involved in, in, in the meetings. He's, he's involved in the recruitment. He's involved having, a, having an oversight across of what, what, everything that's going on and, and seeing mm -hmm. the teams who are coming down, seeing the teams who are already in the championship, seeing the finances that are flying around from other clubs um, and, and seeing the sides of the squad currently. Um, I, I, th I think it's brutally honest and I think it, it, it is bang on, bang on point at the minute. You know what I mean? Currently, you know what I mean. If if a couple of lads can sign on loan and um, and and, and Gareth accepts his five thousand pound a week contract, then Absolutely. we might have a, a different might be having a different conversation. But currently, it's it's bang it's, on. It's realistic okay. at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, the other thing that people don't realise is this board makes decisions very quickly. You know, this is, we don't have to convene a big board meeting to be able to do that. I mean, the board has been very stable. Um, Vincent is always available. Is you know he's never not available to discuss something. Um, obviously, he's having a torrid time at the moment. What's going on in Malaysia and then COVID, but he always makes time to give us an answer to whether we buy a player, we sell a player, or whatever we want to do. And people don't realize how efficient this machine is. And you know, credit to Ken Chu. You know, he's been the best CEO I work with, and I work with him in another company as my CEO. And he is very hardworking, very honest, very, very straightforward chap. And people don't realise that other clubs don't have this. Yeah, I've um, I got to say, it's refreshing. Um, it's refreshing to hear that as well, because I think that hasn't been the case over the years for Cardiff City, uh, behind the scenes and maybe <clears throat> at board level. Um, you know, years ago, I remember when I was a lot younger, um, you would always hear about some of the sort of shambolic things which were going on at board level. You know, when I was, I'm talking like in the sort of 80s, 90s um, eras, like they, there was a lot of problems within the football club, um, you know, and they've been wi widely reported. So it is, um, as a fan, refreshing to hear that regardless of, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, regardless of, you know, COVID is obviously bringing a whole set of problems for all football clubs. We know that. But at least, it you know from what you're saying, it sounds like the club is being run efficiently on numerous different levels. 
Um, we do have a few questions. <laughs> I'm trying my best to sort of pick them out, but there's so many, it's uh, difficult. Have a, li have a little look, Sarge. I've just got a point to, to, to put on that one, and I, and, I, and I think it's bang on from from both sides. That um, Emmett said there about, about stabilising the club and about pushing the club in the right direction and, and put the foundations down. When Sam was in charge and Peter Ridsdale took over, you know, what I mean, we we went we went times where we didn't get paid because we we were struggling financially. You know what I mean? And the club the club has evolved and changed so much from that. From that, you know what I mean? It was a it was it was a very unpredictable. We had to sell players in order to get to get paid ourselves, which was it, we, we we were working in tough times. You know what I mean? We were we were we didn't have a training ground. Um, we didn't have the, the the brand new stadium that they've got now. So the things that the players have got now, the things that the, that the fans have got now, yes, the. They missed the old Indian Park, of course they do, because it was it's got its it's got its history, it's got its heritage. It was an amazing place to play football and watch football, but football's evolved and moved on. You know what I mean? The the the, the stadium's got more seats, it can generate more money, it can be used for various things, um, for concerts, etc. It can be used for other things. The the Welsh national team have used it um on a regular basis. Um the training ground's phenomenal. Um, you know what I mean. So the, the football club's evolved in so many ways and and, and, that, and that's down to the people who are running it. And um, and I can only give credit to that. And, and, and as a player, that gives you peace of mind as well, because you need that as a player. Because if you're happy off the field, you've got no worries on the field. You know what I mean? If you if you if you if you're worried off the pitch about getting paid, uh, is your salary going to get paid? Can you pay your mortgage? How can you go on the pitch as a happy player? How can you give your all for a club you don't know can pay your wages? It's that's difficult. And and I've been there at, uh, at Cardiff City, and I'm not going to. And everyone knows that because it's quite high profile when it happens. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things. I mean, just to just set the record straight. Yeah, I mean, when I said I don't get paid on the board, there is not a single board member that does get paid, apart from the executive, which is Ken. You know, so you know, and, and it's been a very stable board. Um, no one, no one takes a wages or a salary in, in, on that board. Okay, I'm just, this is just amazing, by the way. This is this is amazing. It's incredible, no? You know, it's <laughs> It's the whole board, apart from Ken, who obviously is an executive there, because we're all non-executives. Um, you mentioned, Andy, like the facilities and how they've changed over the years, and obviously the players now have got a whole set of different facilities compared to what you have. And yeah. um, Tim, Tim uh, uh, Wagner on Periscope World Twitter said... Um, Mehmet, what are the plans for the academy for the next few seasons? Uh, are we likely to get Category 1 status? I hope so. I hope so. That's the plan going forward. I hope so. Which is a, which is a, which is a massive thing moving forward though for a football club because it, it, it just speaks volumes and it gives you an opportunity. It opens doors as well, which is, which is key. Look, clubs like us, we can no longer compete with big money transfers. Uh, let's be very honest, you know. I mean, the last big transfer we tried to do, which was a tragic uh, event of Salah, um, it's gone. You know, we, we just have to accept that. So we have to turn to the youth and the academy to able to produce quality players. Um, I mean, we've already seen the academy begin to feed players into the team, and that's got the way to go forward. The business model is going to change in the championship. You know, the, the old strategy was go and spend a lot of money, run a lot of debt up, and with a bit of luck, you'll get the Holy Grail to the Premier League and you'll get television money. That is going to have to change. And it's going to be about the quality of players you bring in on the cheap, you bring them up, sell them on if that's what you have to do, or win something with them. That model is changing. It's not just us. 
um, I can point to a number of clubs in the championship that are beginning to do that quite successfully. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a be- it's the best strategy for longevity and for the you know the financial future of the football club because you know debt. If you run up debt and you just spend a lot of money on players, which isn't guaranteed to work, it's only going to cause more problems down the line, isn't it? Um, no. But I think it's important just- side as well. Like, you, you look at the, you look at the teams who are coming down. You know, what I mean, they've got. For me, it's they've got a, a decision to make currently because it's um, do they do they push to go back in the Premier League this year? And spend the money. Do they sell the assets? What they've got, in order to, or, or do they do they do they try and just have a bit of sustainability this season and just try and just try and stay afloat? Because they've got they've got they've got bigger risks for me than Cardiff City. Yeah, Cardiff City can 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 look forward. Where I think the teams who will get relegated this year, they've got a, they've got huge decisions to make, off the pitch and on the pitch. And I, I wouldn't like to be. I know I know. Mammy says is uh, is is days at the minute of a nightmare. I would hate to be in mm-hmm. their boardrooms and be answering the questions that they've got to ask currently because obviously yeah, Mammy's been there, so it's um it's it, it can be a can be a nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just lastly, on the kind of finance side, um, Kieran Jones sent a question in um, a while ago. He said, um, "Can you please ask Mehmet about our financial accounts? The deadline to file them with company houses today, and they've still not been filed. Should we be worried?" Absolutely not. Uh, you know, as you know, as part of the condition attached to the Premier League loan is that we will get an extension on filing our accounts. Okay. And we really did need that time to be able to do that. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't see what the big concern is about the finances of Cardiff. Um, mm. You know, Cardiff has debts to only one person. It has no bank debt. It has no creditors apart from one person, which is the owner. And he has always said, you know, I'll write my debt off. So we're very fortunate to be in that position. You, you know, I looked at um, other clubs, mainly because I get approached, take take, take Michael Bell's uh, outfit, MSD. MSD at the moment is lending money to a lot of, lot of clubs at the moment. And they came to us and said, you know, we're happy to, you know, lend you some kind of money. And we said, no. You know, we, we, we don't want that sort of debt. We don't want bank and financials or hedge funds or private equity debt. We don't have any. And we have no intention of having any. So I wouldn't worry about the fact that we run the gauntlet to the last day of filing our accounts. There's nothing wrong with our accounts. Cool. I mean, that's, that's uh, as a kind of fan, I find that really, uh, I'm very grateful for that because I think, we all understand in a football sense like how quickly a lot of debt can cause a problem for a football club so knowing that is you know you you haven't or the club doesn't owe a lot of money to a hedge fund or a bank or you know whatever it may be i think is not just refreshing but it just puts your mind at rest a little bit um you did you mentioned um the transfer of emiliano sala and obviously the last show we did we talked about you know that in detail but um, John Bywater did ask, uh, he's asked a couple of things, he said, um, what's the latest trans- with the transfer fee for Emiliano Sala? Has the situation been resolved? Oh, I wish. Um, you know, sadly, nothing has really changed. Last time I was on the show, um, it is with CAS, uh, Court of Arbitration um, in, in Switzerland, and we're waiting for a date for the trial to begin. Um, I, I wouldn't hold my breath that it's going to be in the immediate future, but it will come. Um, and we will fight our corner. Um, 
as, as I said always that we would. Thank you. How, wor how worrying! How worrying is it, Mehmet, that um, that it's still hanging over the owner, the football club? Because obviously it's a lot of money. Um, there's obviously costs. What must go on top of that as well with with fighting with fighting the case? You know what I mean? So there must be overheads as well. So how worrying is it for for the board and the owner himself to to go through it? Well, I can only speak for myself. Um, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. But for me, it keeps me awake. Um, because if we lose that case, it's 18 million euros. We're bust. It's as simple as that. You know, it's it's becomes a big decision for Vincent what he wants to do. I mean, it's a big number. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about COVID and lack of money coming in, and you know, we are disputing this. Not, I mean, we're not disputing because of COVID and and all this stuff. We're disputing yeah. because we genuinely believe that he wasn't our player when this happened. And if it was our own player, there are many other questions that is raised from this. So it's a very important case for us. I mean, it's not the only case. I've got three cases going on. As you know, Sam Haman is suing us. Um, Michael Isaacs, the ex-board member, is suing us. Um, and we got no choice but to fight them. Of course. It's... Um that's obviously like it's concerning to hear and it's it's a sh what obviously makes it even more of a shame is that it's such tragic circumstances around it you know a man lost his life um at such a young age it's it's difficult it's a difficult situation for for everyone um has the club been in contact with emiliano's uh sort of family as a as a rule since uh, since you know, say since we spoke last time, in terms of just keeping in contact and stuff like that, not as much as I think we should have. Um, but there are reasons for that. Um, I mean, the big point I would make is it's over two years since this great tragedy has taken place, and there has been no movement. You know, earlier on we talked about the football community coming together and so on, um, but really nothing's nothing's been done. You know, as you know, we talked about the Salah Trust, um, which, you know, we proposed that we would set up a trust on behalf of, of the family and we would finance the uh, initial capital raising. And we asked for support. We got none. You know, we got none. But that doesn't stop us. We will go ahead and do exactly what we said we would because we think it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, when you think in this deal, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to throw a number out, but I, I don't think I'm going to be that far out. You know, all that 18 million, good five, six million of it is to football agents. Um, you know, some of them have publicly said we don't want any fees from this, but now that we're getting to the stage of a conclusion, they all come back and say they, they do want their fees. I gone to FIFA and said, look, you've got to step in and try to find a solution here. Maybe there's a compromise somewhere down the road. No one's interested. This is a fight we're going to have to fight on our own, and we must do the right thing when we do. So, is the is the is the fight a two-way fight then, Mem? Or is it is it is it a, a multiple of people getting involved? Is it is it is it the FIFA not helping anybody, or FIFA being impartial across the board? So, obviously, agents now are coming involved. Obviously, the two clubs are, are always going to be directly against each other. Um, but would FIFA not step in to resolve it before it gets that far? No, they, they don't want to know. It's a hot potato that they don't want. 
and that's dreadful. Um, they, they don't want to hear about it. It's, it's as simple as I have gone to physically to see them. I have written to them recently. Zero reaction. You know, their view is that's up to you guys to, to deal with it. They're not getting involved. And you would have thought that a regulator or a body of that magnitude would say, listen, you two, in my office, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to thrash out what's good for the family, what's good for the football industry. Nothing. It is and, that's, and, and you just hit the nail on the head there. You know what I mean? What, what's what's the best outcome for everybody concerned? You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not talking one club. I'm not talking Cardiff State. I'm not talking nonsense. I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking the family as well. So the best outcome for everybody concerned, and which is going to save heartache across the board, and it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, I guess to a conclusion for the family to to, to get some. Uh, guess some get, just 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 be able to put put that put that to a side and move on a little bit and help to to grieve properly uh, because this this is obviously not going to get sorted. I'm guessing Mehmet, overnight as well. So when the court case starts, it's going um, to. Don't forget, this family lost two people. Yeah, you know, he, 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 his father died. Yeah, his quite dad died. After yeah. that, mm. and that's just I think pure heartache uh, yeah. from the son. Um, and yes, it's 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 multi-dimensional problem, and it has to be dealt with in some form or another. I don't think we're far from a conclusion. I think over the next six to nine months, I think this thing will resolve with itself. I mean, my proposal was always one and the same: was to get everybody into a room and see if we can fresh out a compromise. And, and you know, I mean, look, nonsense in financial, you know, not problems, but they have their own financial uh, constraints. I, I get that. I understand that. But there must be a room for some sort of compromise. And my idea was they take some pain, we take some pain, and the family gets something from the two clubs. And I think that's good for football and for the community that we actually represent. But at the moment, that's gone on to deaf ears. Um, and we're just going to have to keep going. Well, fingers crossed that um, that, that sensible approach can, can, can become fruitful mm. because... It, 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 you know what I mean? I, I, I just think the, the best. The, well, I know, I know, but the best, the best outcome is going to be got to be for the, for the, for the, for the both football clubs and for the family to move on because you know what I mean. I, I, you know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking sides because I'm a ex Cardiff City players and you're, and you're on the show. I just think it's a sensible approach that both clubs, both clubs are going to end up losing out regardless. So why, 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 why punish and, and have to go through the, the heartache, the sleepless nights, the putting yeah. the club through, um, the bad publicity as well because. Nons don't need it. Cardiff City certainly don't need it. You know what I mean? English football doesn't need it. French football doesn't need it. And the family doesn't need the, the, the hassle as well. So they, they, they've been through enough um, to have more, more more anguish and heartache. So for me, just hopefully a resolution can be sorted as soon as possible and, uh, and, and, and the clubs can move on and the family can grieve properly and, and, um, and, and move aside from the football, which would be nice. Absolutely. Um, the one last thing I just want to say personally on that uh, on that is that in my opinion, my personal opinion, uh, I believe that the football agents involved in uh, part of that deal really should hang their heads in shame for some of their behaviour uh, during and since. Um, you know, people will know who I'm referring to because I've talked about it before. I, I, infu I find it infuriating, um, but there we go. Um, Mehmet, just to finish us off with a couple of questions from the chat. Um, and a slightly sort of happier note to finish, I guess. Um, Aaron Devils Anderson said, uh, Do you know how many players uh, we are aiming to sign in this transfer window, in the perfect window, I guess? Um, no. 
I don't. Um, <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're likely to sign three or four. And there is a couple that we're toying with the idea. Um, whether they come through or not, I don't know. Okay. Um, sorry, I just trying to find it. Donna Perry asked uh, earlier on as well, uh, can any current Cardiff City players come on the Andy Campbell football show? <laughs> Thanks, Donna. I appreciate that. Um, it's echoing a bit. And Cardiff City Football Club edits asked, is the Tafswell pre-season friendly still going to go ahead? I think so. But I, I don't want to be wrong on that, but I think so. That's a, traditionally is always a, is always a good one, and then uh, I think a, a good way to sort of finish off. Jack Palmer and um, a few other people have asked, uh, "What are the plans for season tickets for next year?" Sell as many as we can. Here we go. Get bums, get bums on seats. Get uh, get the players supported and get some money back in the football club. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be uh, phenomenal. Once it's going to be rocking uh, it. Yeah, it's going to be real, real good. I don't think it'll matter where who's sitting where. It's going to be uh, an absolutely noisy and passionate crowd in there. So, I, uh, me personally, I cannot wait. Um, so, that uh, takes us to the end of the show. Uh, just a couple of quick little notes. Uh, there's no other shows on the channel this week. No, no MMA, no boxing. However, the Euros are coming. Um, Andy, do you want to just quickly talk about uh, the Euro announcement that you dropped earlier this week and what we got planned? Right, before you do that, I really do need to go. So Yeah, I was going yeah, to, I was man, literally going to uh, outro you as there. Man, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, yes, really guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. So much. Thank you. Cheers, man. What a show, by the way. What a show. Um, let me just compose myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, we are going live across the euros we're going to do three shows a week we're going uh, we're going to start on friday the 11th of june 12th. which is the first is it 12th 12th yeah friday the 12th of june let me get me this right friday the 12th of june uh when i'm sure france are playing uh, on that friday evening um and then we've got a show uh, every friday every monday every wednesday throughout the entire um euros our final show um is monday the 12th of july uh, obviously, the final is the day before on the Sunday, so we will talk about the final. Um, on that show, we will pick our um, team of the it tournament. Is the, it is the 11th, player. mate. I got it oh, wrong. It I got sorry, mixed sorry. up. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought Wales it was. play on I the 12th. It it I thought it was. Oh, so your tournament starts on the 12th. Um, yeah. So we will we will go. We will preview games. We will talk about games. We're going to do... Um, uh, obviously, the show will be live on here. We're going to do also try some um, lives on Instagram. So if you follow the show on Instagram, if you don't, please follow it. Uh, we're going to maybe do some lives at halftime during the Wales games, during the England games, just to see what we think is going on, how things can improve. Uh, I'll just do it random times, just so just click the notifications that every time we go live, so that me and Sai will be on there. And it'll just be a bit of a bit of a laugh, bit of a giggle, something different. You know what I mean? We're, we're not going to have live guests. Um, about their career, but we are going to have live guests joining us throughout the Euro show. Um, we will have, we will have one um, on quite a lot of shows. Um, are we are we going to announce who it is? Si? We're gonna, you're gonna yeah, yeah. So we got the one. Obviously, well, you put it. You've put it on Instagram, haven't you? I anyway, put it on Instagram, so. Yeah. Sorry, David Giles. We got David Giles um, 
coming on um, and hopefully uh, we will have some more uh, filling gaps as well. So there'll, there'll be always me and Si on plus Gilo, um on some of the shows and then some of the shows there might be um, some other um, pundits from possibly other countries uh, within the Euros as well. Yeah. So it'll be all singing, all dancing, uh, a little bit of fun. Um, and then we'll be back to doing the guests on Monday the 19th. Uh, but obviously we've still got another show next Monday uh, with yes. a guest. Um, my clue last week was ex-Cardiff City. I'll give you another couple of clues, if I can remember who we played for. Um, Blackburn Rovers, Ipswich Town. Can't remember anymore after that. But you definitely played for those three. So um, I'll leave those with you and I'll announce in a couple of days. But... Uh, but yeah, what a show, by the way. What a show. What a show. Yeah, ridiculous numbers this evening. Uh, I was no way I was keeping up with that. It was what like, show. just ridiculous. Uh, Brownie has just joined us and said, and asked, uh, Mehmet did talk about the company's house thing. Uh, it was, I think it was about an hour and 20 minutes in, so you've only just missed it. So you'll have to go back and watch it, my friend. Um, what a show. But yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um, Kate, there is no show this Friday. Um, it's purely because... Uh, I'm trying. I'm still trying to recover, mate. Uh, I'm trying to get myself to 100% or my normal 100% so that I can definitely, you know, do all the Euro shows in tip-top condition. And um, um, well, uh, while, while, while we've got loads of people on, side, while, while we've got yeah. loads of people on, um, Donna uh, keeps she, she spoke about wanting to do a, a sweepstake on the Euros. So what have you got? 28 teams. So we need 28 people, I think, or 26 people. How many times teams in the Euro? To one, two, um, let's say everybody buys in for a fi- for five pound, and the winner of the Euros it all goes to charity, by the way. So whoever wins, they pay their money to charity. So um, everyone's going to everyone's going to pay five pound ahead. You get a random team which is drawn live on here um, for the twenty eight names. So Donna, would you please set up something on social media the next week or so to um, to see who's keen? Um, tag me in, tag Sai in, tag the show in, and uh, and let's go from there. But we'll have, uh, we'll have um, a little bit of fun. A little bit. <clears throat> okay. And then lastly, uh, someone just said, Reese just said, uh, I think it was Reese. Now that COVID is in, uh, will we be able to um, have a look at the uh, live show? I, I think we're going to get the Euros out of the way and then we'll discuss that. But one That's, thing, yes. I was, yes, definitely. Yeah, I think. We will be looking at it. And I think one thing is worth saying is it's my 40th birthday in November. So, you know. Just yeah. saying, that will all total up nicely. Uh, Ethan, uh, Mehmet Dalman was on from 7.30 till 9. You've literally just missed him by three minutes. Um, but you can go back and watch it on YouTube um, from the start, mate. So uh, it was very, very interesting. Uh, I would say it's one of those shows you don't want to miss. Uh, welcome to all the new people who uh, who have joined us. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow on Facebook. Follow on whatever you watched on. But uh, that was... Very, very good, very enjoyable. And uh, look out, this Sunday is the fi- finale of my story as well. Um, and we got a, a cracking, cracking guest joining us. Um, I'm not going to announce it just because I haven't recorded it yet, so I don't want to jinx it, but I am recording it uh, later this week. Um, but he starred in many, many a film um, with some huge names. I'm very excited to uh, film it. And he's written a couple of books as well. So uh, it's going to be a good one to finish the series. But yes, welcome. Uh, and if any of the new viewers, uh, listeners, whoever want to join, there's a WhatsApp group, I believe, between uh, all the fans. Contact uh, some of the people uh, you can contact. Uh, Rob Boyle, Matthew Angel. 
I can't remember someone else as well uh, on Facebook, and they'll add you to the group. It's but, supposed uh, to be good fun. It's supposed to be real good fun. Indeed, uh, Andy. In the meantime, mate, it's been a pleasure as I'm always. Gobs- I'm gobsmacked, mate. I'll be honest. I'm uh, I'm I'm a little bit starstruck. I'm, I'm a little bit quiet. I, mean, I, I, I I don't know how to how to finish. That's, that's really good. Process I, it, mate. Go process it. Yeah, it's really good. I'm, I'm I'm gobsmacked with what I've had. I'm gobsmacked with the amount of comments, views. Um, new people who've who've come on, you know what I mean? Yes, it was it was a it was a big guest, but I think this show outdid the previous one with Memo. I thought this one was far better, far better. It was it was it was it was, was good, man. Time. Doing it as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, this, do you know what I mean? This was this was something else today. This was this was electric. Electric. It was very very good. It was in sensational. I'll put it this way: I normally make like a little list of clips potentially to use. Um, and I gave up after about 15 clips because there were so many different little bits which I wanted to, yeah. you know, which you could clip or you wanted to clip. It's, um, it is what it is. Anyway. Yeah. I want them all. Get, get me them all. Do them all. Them all. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Indeed. Uh, enjoy guys, the sun, everybody. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy your week. We'll be back live next Monday and check out my story on Sunday finale. But uh, have a good week and we'll be back. Remember, from next week, Basically, a week Friday is going to be three times a week. And that's what you've all wanted. So, you know, you've, you've battered us into submission. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.